Do you want to hear incredible stories of adventure and exploration? Well, join me, Chris Watson, the host of the Adventure Diaries podcast, where I interview some truly remarkable humans. Each episode of the Adventure Diaries podcast promises you three things. A remarkable adventure story, a personal call to adventure, and a pay-it-forward suggestion. Listen to season one of the Adventure Diaries now on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Be inspired to go and create your own remarkable adventures. Welcome, this is Andrew Schechter, host of Politically Incorrect Podcast on EA Truth Radio, brought to you by Eternal Affairs Media every Thursday night. Tonight we have a special guest we will introduce in just a moment, and he's been with us before. Meanwhile, we will pray. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, we pray for our great guest and for his son, uh, that all goes well. It's been going excellent for him. We pray that you, you keep pushing that forward and keep helping out, as you always do, because you're your great blessing will cure all problems and all ills. We pray for all of those who are in need of mental, who have mental issues and are in need of, of help getting through their life on a daily basis, that you'll guide them and hold them in your glorious arms. Oh, Heavenly Father, amen. Amen. And this evening we have a return, the guest, uh, uh, Cristobal Cruzen, who has the um, film out, was... Uh, let me have my son we was on the last time talking about this i believe he said it was now on available on amazon prime uh without further ado i'll go ahead and introduce cristobal and you can tell me all, all about the film and and how and what great news you have for us too hi andrew thank you yeah the 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 film initially had a a virtual cinema release you know it was only available through a certain website that kind of thing but now it's widely available uh, on Amazon Prime, as you said, and in Spanish as well as English. And it's been subtitled now into French. It's been dubbed as well in Portuguese and Spanish, subtitled in a, in a Dutch, Romanian, other languages. And it's, yeah, it's starting to uh, spread in terms of its distribution to other parts of the world. And we're really excited about that and hopeful that it will be a great encouragement to people. And in that light, maybe you can explain what the film was about for those who didn't see the initial part one and um, where we're, and then we can go on and, and uh, get the sequel to it to find out what actually happened. I think you said you were also making another uh, film you're planning at some point, but go ahead and tell us what the story's all yeah. about. Sure. Well, my son, my firstborn son developed <clears throat> schizophrenia in his teen years and it was uh, you know very very difficult for all concerned especially for him and it turned out that it turned out that he was not um, he did not respond well to medication or let's just say the medication didn't have a did not create good results uh, he he, he his condition worsened. It did not improve. And so that was, that began when he was about 16 years old, 17. And when he turned 18, his condition was so severe that he had to be institutionalized 
to the state mental hospital in Virginia, where we were living at the time. And then began a, just a very long, difficult time, which lasted uh, and still lasts, to be quite frank, uh, all these years later, he's now 40, um, and mostly in institutions from that age of 18 to 40. Not always. There were periods where he was out and living at home, and the movie chronicles this story. Uh, also, it's not just a documentary. I would like the listeners to know that it's <clears throat> it's a drama. It's a two-hour drama that doesn't just give you facts and information, but tells a story. The story is somewhat fictionalized, names are changed, and it really gets into how the, the father primarily feels and how he processes this devastating mental illness that his son is going through and how he copes, how he survives how he advocates, how he, he he pushes relentlessly for his son's welfare, safety, and then just for his son to come home again. <clears throat> and we're, we're wondering during the course of the movie, well, where is the son? Because the father gets a call early in the morning to come and pick up his son who's being discharged from the hospital. But when the father gets there, his son cannot be found. And no one can explain what might have happened to him. And that, that launches this increasingly desperate search for answers inside this labyrinthine hospital. And you begin to wonder at a certain point, I think, well, is this real or is this imaginary? Is the son insane or is it the father who's insane? And all of these questions arise and they're, they're only resolved at the end of the film. But in that resolution at the end of the film, we have a clip where we see the actual real-life father, that's me, and the real-life son. And we understand that this is a real father and son, a real family, a real story, and the son is institutionalized. And the father uh, is so... Well, not the father, but subtitles inform us that the family... Uh, is very eager for the son to come home, that he's shown improvement, and they're hoping for a discharge from the from the institution soon. And lo and behold, just a few days ago, as I speak to you right now, it was less than a week ago that that's exactly what happened. My son, his name is Daniel, was discharged from the uh, the, the mental hospital where we live here in Minnesota, and he is um, now in a group home. He is just doing wonderfully well, and we've, it's just a totally new dynamic. It's, it's a new day. It's a new chapter in his life. It's a new book <laughs> for him, I could almost say, and we're looking forward to much more family time and interaction and just seeing him get reintegrated with community people, friends, just the things that people do on a day-to-day -day basis, which for him have not been allowed all these years. And, and now he's, you could say, emerging from the shadows uh, and of this institution and, and really beginning to live again.
And we're very excited about that and so thankful, <clears throat> so thankful that this has come to pass. How long was he in institutionalized? Well, let's see. He began about 20 years, wow. but not in one place, in different different institutions. And what was the resolution? So now he's migrated out to that group home, which is really great. But what was the, how did they, how did you, they come up to that? What did they do to help him out? Yes. <clears throat> well, we, we, we've been appealing um, the, the, the courts, the legal system for his discharge over these past 10 years now. And those appeals were, uh, the appeal being an appeal for discharge, those appeals were denied uh, by a panel of judges until this last appeal that we made a couple of, well, now it's been over a year and they, everybody agreed that he, he had improved so much so dramatically that he should be discharged. <clears throat> and so the court ruled, uh, granted him a provisional discharge, which took effect of just a few days ago. And here we are. That is really, really great news for you. It really is. How, how on your path, how can you, how, what can you do to encourage others who might be in that similar situation to try to. Well, let me tell you. Oh, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Oh, that's fine. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say that from the very earliest days, well, not exactly the earliest days, but in short order. Well, in fact, it began with his. Um, commitment, the civil commitment that occurred when he was 18 years old. <clears throat> I began writing emails. I called them prayer letters, but they really went out as emails at first to just a couple of people. And then it spread to 20, 30. Before long, it was over 100. Then it got close to 200. I don't even know how many people it ended up being. But for many years, I would send out a monthly email that would be the equivalent of a prayer letter. I would say, here's the situation. Some of you know Daniel. You've met him. You know him. Others have only heard about him. And some of you have been introduced to him through a friend of a friend of a friend. But here's the situation. Here's what he's suffering. Here's what he's going through. Here are his delusions. Here are his imaginations. Here are the things that have been backfiring. Here are the here, here is the medical picture in terms of what seems to be working, what isn't working. Here are the things that are still persistent, that are negative. Here are some rays of sunshine, some reasons to, to be hopeful. Let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. And I would call people to prayer through, through these letters. And I can't tell you how many responses I would get from people saying to me, Chris, we're praying. Chris, we're praying. Chris, I believe God gave this to me to share with you. I believe you you have to, you know, be encouraged. Don't give up. Don't give up. And so, in effect, through technology, through, you know, through email, which didn't exist, uh, whatever, 30 years ago, uh, we were we we came together as a group, a community, and we lifted up Daniel 
We lifted up the situation. We lifted up his family in prayer on a regular basis. And, you know, I didn't see the answers to those prayers. Sometimes the, the situation grew worse, not better. But you know what? Never give up. That would be my word of encouragement. Uh, and and hold fast to the promises of God. Hold fast to them. Don't let his promises go and don't let him go. He's holding your hand as it is. Just don't pull your hand out of his hand and trust him and believe in him. And, you know, we we know that it always has a happy ending for the believer, whether it's here or on the other side, it's a happy ending for us who believe. Amen. Now, for our listeners, there's a lot of people out there that have been asking this question since we since we had our last interview. Uh, how do you recognize the situation initially? As there, you said it was after, well, age 18. I think you said it was he was institutionalized. Uh, how do you recognize that there's an issue or a problem? How does it start? What what should what should parents be on the lookout for? or caretakers be on the lookout for? Mm, yeah. Well, of course, I'm not a doctor at all. I mean, so to be clear about that, I can only speak from my own experience and maybe a little bit of what I've read. But I'd say one of the, one of the, one of the, one of the telltale signs would be a detachment, um, you know, and not just a detachment, but almost like, the person is on another wavelength. <clears throat> and when you ask questions, they're not clear or they're flustered. Um, you know, they might make illogical statements or nonsensical statements, but there's this detachment. Where is that coming from? And, you know, now if your child is an introvert, you have to make allowance, I suppose, for that quality of their personality, but you know your child. If your child is <clears throat> abnormally detached, <clears throat> that bears further examination. And and then, of course, if there is, um, in my case, this is what happened, where my son uh, became physically inappropriate with, you know, he, he might hit somebody, he might hit um, members of his family, or act out aggressively in a in a physically aggressive manner. If there's not a, a, you know, a clear cause for that, or if it's repetitive, or if it seems to come out of nowhere, that's not a good sign. That's a telltale sign, at least in my experience, that there's something else going on inside the person's mind. And <clears throat> yeah, I would just say in general, um, abnormal behavior, aberrant behavior, behavior that just doesn't. And, you know, I would also say, you know, your own, your own spirit, your own heart, your own intuition and instinct. Uh, certainly parents would have that instinct, you know, a mother's in intuition. Fathers have intuition too. Um, you know, he, heed those promptings. At least at the very least, check them out. Right. Um, that would be, I think, called called for. You should do that. You should you should not be embarrassed, and don't allow don't allow stigma to prevent you from seeking professional help. Just blow that away. 
because <clears throat> these people, they're not paying your bills, okay? Uh, don't worry about what others are going to say. If you know or feel very strongly that something is not right with your child, seek help. The sooner the better. And I'll personally, I'll, I will personally add to that, that if you have a friend, a relative, or a non-medical person dissuading you from getting that help, take the take the take the judgment of the professional and my son had had an issue my my wife well my stepson had an issue and they were it was supposed to be addressed and my my wife's sisters dissuaded her from getting that help and the poor guy is uh, he's a mess i mean he really is he's starting to, to get back on track now he's going on 40 years old but yeah. don't don't let family members or people that that are that think that you know that you that you, you shouldn't you know be be taking care of your of your child that your child's going to be normal without help it's better to get professional help always yes yes now you said you're on another path you're working on something else uh, Christo. what was that you're working on what's your oh path? well i'm always working or i try to <laughs> try to always be working but uh i'm i'm um uh, i've decided that it would be very appropriate to do a a documentary on my son now that he's out of the hospital and we have much more freedom, frankly, and much more access to be with him and to follow him around, mm -hmm. to shoot scenes and so forth. It would be a documentary and it would show the the uh, the transition that he's going through now. And for me, this wouldn't be the title of the film, but it would be the theme of the film. The heart of the film would be the difference that love makes. And uh, that's what I uh want to do with the documentary the difference that love makes and show daniel show daniel in interactions with his his brother his sisters his nieces and nephews friends introduce him to people i mean he's kind of been locked away for over 12 years wow altogether he's been institutionalized for about 20 years but in the most recent hospital setting, it's been over 12 years. And now he's out. He's been doing great. Um, and not that we're not setting him up, you know, to fail here. Mm -hmm. He'll have a bad day, I'm sure. At some point, we all do. But the, 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 the trend, the, you know, the, the trajectory here is so positive and hopeful um, that uh, we're, you know, we're very thankful. And we want to share that, 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 um, the good news, I suppose you could say, of, of what's going on in his life with others by what, you know, to encourage others, frankly. The difference that love makes. Um, I believe through my own experience, uh, I have seen, let me put it that way, it's more than me believing. I have seen with my own eyes, not just with my son, but when I interact with others who have a mental health condition and I and I'd look through that or beyond that into their heart, you know, and in, into who they are as a human being, the extent that I can. Um, I I am usually not rebuffed. Um, I, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm welcome into their space, if you will. And I think that if we can see more of that in our world, in our in our society, in our culture where people are not afraid to talk to those who are troubled, you know, mentally ill, let's say, 
or they have they may have a physical handicap or a, some physical deformity even you know or whatever it is uh, that would be off-putting let's say um maybe they're of a different political party <laughs> <laughs> but you you go up to them and you you look at them and 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 you see the human being first that's what has to come first and so that's what i want to try to show in the film that uh, the mentally ill are human beings first and foremost made in the image of God and deserving of our love and our respect and our time and attention. And I think a, a documentary about Daniel where we kind of are living that out and showing that in action could be very <clears throat> inspirational. Now, it's funny you mentioned political parties because I <laughs> one of my big things is I go out and I talk to anybody. I, I'm a staunch, God-fearing, God-loving, um, conservative Republican myself, mm -hmm. but I will talk to anybody and listen to what they have to say and not, you know, you know, I'll listen to him. We'll, we'll have a great conversation. That when you come after someone, whether whether it's someone with a with a with a, with a mentally a mental challenge or a physical challenge, or whether it's someone of a of a different belief structure, uh, you've got to mm -hmm. you got to at least listen to them. Even if you know that, that you think they're totally wrong, I mean, there's a right right side and a wrong side. You may be on the wrong side of some of, the, of what they're thinking too. But unless you don't mm -hmm. talk to them, you don't know where you meet in the middle. In in the essence, we all want the same thing. We all are looking for the same thing, just in a different way. So you have some really great points, and I really hope that you can make a great success out of that documentary. I'm looking forward to that. Now, the film you have out right now, the story that's on Amazon Prime, is that still called um, uh, Let Me Have My Son, was it? Did I get that right? Yes, yes, that's right. The title is Let Me Have My Son. You just go to Amazon and type in Let Me Have My Son in the search bar, and it'll come right up. And Cristobal uh, Cruzen, K R U S E N. Is it S E N, right? That's right. K R U S E N. All right. I'll, I'll remember this eventually when I show enough here, <laughs> enough interviews. Yeah. Now, you need to come back whenever you, to keep us updated on what's going on with this, with all this. We really you know, appreciate having you on here and talking about these things. We want to see your progress too and how, and how your son's doing as well. So don't, don't be scarce. And you know, we always want you back and we always don't want to hear the, the stories of God's great love and, 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 and nothing like a father's love for their son, regardless of what happens with, I was the same with me. I have the same thing with my son that had, he's got all kinds of problems, but that love never goes away. Amen. Amen. You have anything to put the closing ties on our, on our interview tonight at Cristobal that you'd like to add? Well, just thank you. Thank you for your, your dedication and your podcast and, your faithfulness. Thank you. And thank, thank you, you for again. Having me. Again, if you have any updates you want us to know, please let us know. We'll glad to have you back. Well, thank you. Thank All you. right.